0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Awesome Entrepreneurs of the World. I'm your host, Dr. Connie Van Horn, and this week we have Joanne Perron, the Executive Director of the New Brunswick Coalition for Pay Equity. Yes! pay equity is a thing and it is entrepreneurial and they are an entrepreneurial organization trying to create value in the community well and 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 it's not just value for women uh it's value for all of us Mm -hmm. welcome john hello and and can you tell me a little bit about uh what your organization does please
1: Uh, Well, we were set up in 2001, and the reason is that we wanted pay equity legislation for both the public and private sectors in New Brunswick. And um, well, I should right away explain the difference between pay equity and pay parity, right?
0: Yes, yes, so pay parity, what, what is the difference between pay parity and pay equity? Yeah.
1: Pay parity would be the same pay for the same job. So a male teacher, a female teacher, if they work in the same school, they should normally have the same pay. But pay equity goes one step further. We're comparing jobs where you have mostly women with jobs where you have mostly men. And the idea is that they should be paid the same if they have the same value
0: and 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 they create the same type of value in the organization even if the job description is different one is more of an inside job typically women we've had more inside jobs and men have had more outside jobs uh, that's a good point yeah and and well as we were we were talking before um you know I come from a very working class mm-hmm. background and there's still part of my head who that thinks that you know, well, there. It's a dirtier job. It's a more dangerous job. Hmm. It should be paid more. But the other part of my head goes, ah, uh, no. There are dangers. They're just different dangers exactly. with inside jobs. And as we professionalize many jobs, and as as more dangerous jobs are 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 automated yeah it, it, it's it's yeah. a it's a bigger and bigger part of of what we need to, to well unfortunately fight for i guess is yeah. that the word
1: yeah i think that's uh, that's the way we see it for sure and uh and you're right like we how do you compare jobs we look at responsibilities qualifications effort yes and working conditions and um you're right. Often people will think, Oh well, men's jobs are dirtier. Well, not if you think about um nursing home attendant for instance, or a nurse, you know, they will deal with body fluids that are not that clean. But it's just the idea that we have that dirt is really the kind of dirt that men deal with in their jobs, typically. So um, that's a good example. And danger, too. Like, I've been talking to transition house workers who say, well, you know, we are actually uh, in a job where we feel danger. We don't know what could happen with a violent partner. We deal with um, clients that sometimes have um, addiction issues and can themselves be violent or...
0: And so lash out. And, and, and there's there's okay. different sorts of violence that mm. are, are are associated with inside jobs that we take as maybe part of... It, it, it's just, we, we think of it in different ways. And so your organization is lobbying the government, yes. the New Brunswick government, for... For legislation, that's right. Mm-hmm. What type of legislation are you are you looking for? Are you looking for programs? Are you looking for laws?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want a law that will uh, require from employers to do job evaluations and compare jobs that are predominantly female with jobs that are predominantly male, and so um, that means that. Uh, it would be proactive so that women wouldn't have to be the ones coming up and saying, hey, this is not fair. The value of my job is not recognized. You need to go through a certain process, like, like I was explaining, to, uh, to find out what is the value of a job, you have to look at responsibility, responsibilities, qualifications, effort and working conditions and that's done using detailed questionnaires and you need to have access to the information in order to do that. So really the employer has a lot to do to make that happen and by having legislation we can make sure that the employer sits at the table with its employees and uh, and develop a good job evaluation and adjust the pay if that needs to happen.
0: And, and so I'm new to New Brunswick. Um, I've lived in, in, in different provinces. I grew up in British Columbia. I lived in Quebec. Uh-huh. So New Brunswick is a little bit behind, I think, in terms of women's equality in, in, at the legislature and elected office. But is it also behind with pay equity compared to other provinces, perhaps like Quebec? Uh-huh.
1: Uh, well, it is uh, behind Quebec and Ontario for sure because they have legislation that covers both the public and private sectors. but in terms of other provinces, there are still provinces that don't have legislation at all, whereas New Brunswick now has the Pay Equity Act two thousand and nine, which applies to the whole public sector uh so the government departments, the school sector, the hospital sector, and even crown corporations. So we've made uh, big strides in the past little while, um, and uh, I'm quite encouraged by that. Now we want the private sector to be covered as well, because we know about 65% of women work in the private sector.
0: Oh wow, it's that much. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So 65% of women work in the private sector and so now your group is lobbying for for changes or for legislation so that all people mm-hmm. who work in New Brunswick are covered uh, under pay equity. Won't this add additional costs to employers though? Mm.
1: Um, There are costs. I can't hide that. Uh, The cost would be in um, developing the uh, job evaluations, doing the job evaluations. You you need to start with good job descriptions, and then you have to choose a good job evaluation system.
0: But doesn't that actually help the company? Mm -hmm.
1: It does too. <laughs> That's where I was going I st- to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So
0: I was trying to play devil's advocate, <laughs> obviously, because these are types of things that all modern companies should
1: ha- have. Absolutely, they're good human resource management techniques right. really, or tools. And actually, this morning I was here in Saint John at a conference for human resource professionals. And I talked about pay equity. So um, you're right, it's it's really part of good human resource management
0: tools. Because New Brunswick is, is facing an aging population, mm-hmm. and we need more workers to move to the province and more professional workers, mm-hmm. inside workers, um, to move to the province. We can't, It's it's going to be women as well. This could be a selling point.
1: For sure, I think so. And uh, there are places where we need to really improve wages and even working conditions if we want to attract workers and retain them. So it's a human right, and that's really the perspective we come from. But at the same time, I think that it's beneficial for employers and for the economy because we know that women will probably spend uh, part of their new income if they get pay equity, uh, in the local economy.
0: Well, in the in the local community. And actually, we Absolutely. met. We realized when you came in for the interview today that we had met at the R three Innovations and in Aging Conference, and most people who work with mm-hmm. people who are aging or older people are women. That's right. And they are drastically underpaid. Other sectors of the economy. But actually, New Brunswick could become an innovator mm-hmm. in yeah. solutions for aging. We're hoping that was that was one of the goals of the conferences. Right. I was actually very inspired by the conference. Mm-hmm. So pay equity is wrapped up in that because if we create pay equity, we can create more value in the community. And if we create pay equity with... with um, with the age industry of aging mm-hmm. is that a thing oh
1: yeah, that, um, yeah long-term uh, services or long-term yeah
0: we could it, it could become like a, a definite value add so, so we've talked about what pay equity is and, and how it's different than pay parity because hopefully pay parity is in the past.
1: Yes, it is supposed to be. We have legislation ensuring pay parity since 1965. I do hear sometimes employers are trying to bend that, and, but it is a human right, it's recognized, and we have legislation to deal with it.
0: Well, I will say that in academia... Uh, there was a recent paper that just came out um, by Jamie Lundin. Um So she's actually from my hometown of Parksville, British Columbia. Her mother was my elementary school teacher. And in academia, women with the exact same qualifications, mm-hmm. with the exact same job, typically are paid less.
1: You're right. We found that in many universities, and I think we would find some similar results here, um, that women are often underpaid. And and there's that history that you mentioned earlier that explains that partially. We used to see men as the main breadwinner. And um, also, the discrimination was uh, was quite strong. Actually, two women in two different universities in New Brunswick told me that when they started their careers, they were one of few women, and uh, when they were offered uh, their wages, uh, the, the their boss, I guess, was telling them, don't tell anybody because you've got a better pay than anybody else. And when they started asking their colleagues after a little while, they realized that they were paid less than their colleagues. So they were not even um given uh, information like the right information so you can see the extent of the discrimination when people actually lie to 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 people in order to underpay them
0: you yeah, know so uh, pay parity in academia is is a whole other oh, issue okay. and 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 Yes, I, I spoke with my girlfriends this weekend about it, and it, it's pretty widespread a- across mm-hmm. Canada. It's not just New Brunswick, oh, yeah. but it's certainly um, evident in New Brunswick. And so, but I'm we're here to talk about as well entrepreneurial things and so i think your group is very entrepreneurial
1: oh that's good
0: (laughs) so what are some of the new techniques so lobbying we can see is just meeting with people networking writing press releases what are some of the different ways that you've tried to raise awareness um with this with this issue Mm -hmm.
1: um Well, uh, we've done all kinds of stuff. Uh, When we started, we had to put the coalition on the map, if you wish. So we were uh, using more visual uh, activities. For instance, we gave roses, bread and roses, to selected MLAs from different political parties and said, well, the roses represent justice and the bread, the economic aspect of pay equity. And the idea was to bring attention to pay equity and, uh, th- and at that time few people understood what was pay equity most politicians didn't know what it was and we were told things like well you know if we pay women more we will all pay our apples more and well we, we had to argue with that, and we would say, well, women are not getting a discount on their apples, so we won't pay equity, right? But that's the level at which the discussions were taking place with politicians. I can say that now we're at a very different level. Most politicians understand pay equity, and some will defend it pretty well so we are at a different place and that's good news and so we use different techniques now and we're expanding um, our um, audience I'd say okay yeah so uh, well you mentioned the R3 conference this is not something I would have done 15 years ago we were not known enough and we didn't we, we needed to reach out to our more natural allies, I'd say, like uh, feminist groups, university uh, professors or unions. But now we're reaching out to a much broader group, and that included that R3 conference. We wanted to talk to the people who are concerned with aging and trying to find innovative solutions to um, ensure everybody gets the services they need. But we wanted to make sure that they would think as they develop their solutions about ensuring pay equity for the workers that are involved. So that's one new group. Another example is this morning's presentation to the human resource managers because we know they're the ones who would carry the ball inside the, um, the workplace. So we need to talk to them a little more. So we're really expanding uh, the audience that we reach, and, uh, but we still do our lobbying. We do lobbying also with a broader audience. Um, Yes, the politicians, but also uh, the civil servants who are advising the government because they need to understand and do the analysis that is necessary to support uh, the politicians that they work with, the the ministers. Decision-making support. Yes, exactly. And uh, we also talk to other influence uh, influencers maybe yeah the yeah no influencers
0: figure. i think is the the new terminology especially with social media mm-hmm. and newbie and and things like that and so do you i i went on your website of course okay, last good. night and it was full of information of course fully bilingual which is wonderful yeah. and so you have a presence on social media do you see that as a way what what do you see the role of social media is in your lobbying or is it more a way of creating a network with like-minded organizations across the world
1: um we are really um trying to reach new brunswickers mostly Mm -hmm. and bring to new brunswickers what's happening elsewhere also but also really want, we really want them to understand what we're doing and to participate with us in promoting pay equity we actually launched a marketing campaign a, a social marketing campaign just in november and it's called pay equity now and it's really based on social media except maybe for some of uh, some uh, billboards that we just uh, Published this um, this month, uh, about a month ago, and we, you should find one somewhere in Saint John. And um, but the social marketing aspect is very important to reach out to people. We use traditional media for sure, but it's not necessarily the same people that read social media and traditional media. So we um, we thought it was important, and we found. Uh, an I mean, those who are very much into social media earlier than we were would probably know that already. But we found that Facebook would reach out to certain types of people and Twitter to other types of people. Twitter was better to reach people who are into policy uh, discussions. And Facebook allows us to reach better uh, workers that are concerned by pay equity. And I think that's really fantastic because uh, if workers don't understand what is pay equity, there's no way we will get it. Even with legislation, women ha- and men who are in those jobs that are female-dominated should understand what is pay e- equity if we want them to be able to uh, to uh, benefit from their rights.
0: Yeah, no, and that's... Do you think... So I, I would think as well Twitter it's not necessarily just younger people as well, but Facebook has maybe Mm -hmm. younger demographic than... than Do you think some people think that this is an old fight?
1: Mm, I certainly hope not, because uh, we always said... um, the younger generations are the ones who will benefit the most because they're at the beginning of their careers. Like some of the women who, are, uh, who were retired and got involved with our coalition uh, did so because they knew the impact, a lifelong career of being underpaid, did to them. Yes. So they have lower pension, less security, they had less choices when they were younger. So they wanted to fight for the next generations. Now I'm really hoping to be able to reach out to all generations and I must say we see much more younger women getting involved in this fight and that's uh, that's really important and they're the ones actually who pushed us towards social media to begin with oh, so wonderful. we're learning from them as well they're really helping us develop our techniques
0: and and do you, do you feel that your facebook group is kind of become a community
1: I, I think so. Actually, um, we found it really hard to build that community and to find a place where people would interact a little more with us. I find we're we're the that challenge
0: place. of all entrepreneurs. Yeah, you know <laughs> that when that's we're we, you no, know, but it is. It's a mm-hmm. challenge of all onpre- entrepreneurs. If if you are trying to create value in the community and if you're a social entrepreneur or you mm-hmm. have a social cause. It can't just be you. No. You have to be a catalyst for community growing and and learning about mm-hmm. it and and mobilizing themselves. Mm-hmm. And so social media now is our tool to do that. Yeah. Facebook is a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, we use Facebook all day. Um, I you know this afternoon I'm going to a day in your shoes about uh, mental health awareness. Yeah. And you know you create like-minded mm-hmm. communities, mm. but it's hard it's a new way of doing business isn't it
1: yeah yeah it's a new way to reach out and um, it's important still to have those moments where we meet though of course that's what I found that it, it creates something even stronger but the social media allows us to uh, to share in between meetings or and I'm not talking necessarily about uh, you know formal meetings but it can be a uh, just those discussions that we organise. Like this week, we organised a lunch and learn where we talked about the situation of caregivers, um, whether in transition houses, home support, or um, childcare. The fact that they are paid twelve to fifteen dollars an hour only, compared to. Uh, mechanics who will earn over $18 an hour or um, electricians 22 it doesn't seem to make sense that people taking care of people who are vulnerable are being paid less than $15 and, an hour and so
0: and they do need certification and they need the same amount of years in school and we we're, we're dealing with minds yeah, exactly. and, and 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 human bodies and and they they shouldn't be less valued than a car
1: Exactly. That's that's really the point. <laughs> Sorry. I'm it. very
0: I'm very I'm very direct, probably too direct. That's probably got me into trouble uh, more than once. I blame my father. <laughs> 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 but um but no, I, I I I I am a business professor, but business mm. is um need to be it is in their best interest Mm -hmm. to pay their workers well and to and to and to instill and and, and into create pay equity in their Mm -hmm. in their places of work women are the ones going to university now women are the ones getting higher education Mm -hmm. and so we'll be the ones going into these new jobs created Mm -hmm. and we will choose to go to an organization that will treat us justly and fairly, for sure, and we will campaign against those that <laughs> don't. Perhaps I don't know, New Brunswickers, maybe <laughs> not. But you get too many British Columbians here; you, <laughs> 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 you kick us all out back home. And and so you, you're talking about the younger the younger people, and and but how do you how do we make jobs like these women. Do you think the pay is a big reason these women, traditionally women-dominated jobs, aren't as attractive?
1: Oh, it's certainly one big part of it. I think that um, the wages are so low; it shows we're giving lower value to that job, right, to those jobs. And uh, the younger generation sees that. I think that if they understand what is the work and how important it is, they will be interested. But the wages have to follow. I, at this point, I wouldn't encourage uh, either my daughter or my son to go into caregiving work, not because it's not important work, to the contrary, but because the wages are not enough to sustain uh, people. So we have to work for that. Uh, that's probably one of the worst cases of pay inequity, the caregiving sector. Because you don't have male jobs, too, in that sector. So it's the whole sector that is female, really. So that's um, a compounded effect of uh, discrimination that is uh, occurring there. So we need to to change the way we think about that sector. And I wouldn't blame uh, the employers, per se. I think that the whole system and the way they're financed is problematic. The, there's a need well, because a lot of this is public
0: financing, yeah, and, and Exactly,
1: exactly. So um, we need to think about it collectively. You know how important is it for us to have good services at any stage of our lives, especially when we are vulnerable and when family members are vulnerable. So. Are we willing collectively to invest in these sectors? I certainly hope so.
0: Are there jurisdictions around the world where pay equity and and these types of industries are more fairly paid or equitably paid?
1: I find when they are in the public sector, that usually helps quite a bit Mm -hmm. because they are now compared with other public sector jobs that are predominantly male. That being said, um, I think that Canada is probably one of the countries that are at the forefront of this fight, that uh, that we have tried um, legislations that are very targeted to ensure equal pay for work of equal value. Um, there are other countries, and ironically I'm thinking of those on the other side of the world completely Australia and New Zealand where they talk about it and, and they have the similar um, concerns that we have similar concerns to ours um, in terms of caregiving that's often where they see the worst um, discrimination
0: Well I know that the United Arab Emirates where I lived for, for for a long time, for over 7 years I know that the government is looking at pay equity yeah. um over 50% of the government workers are women and they're making it's a priority now to really do these job descriptions and and making sure that equal value created is paid in an equal way yeah. because um Yes, again, like men were head of households, and they paid, and the women just did the extra work and their their job was for vacations and yeah. and, that's
1: and the idea you know the have.
0: second and car and and things like that, but that's not the way the twenty first century is and yeah. and as a single woman who supports myself and has for decades <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um no uh, my job is 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 equal to that of as a man, even though.
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely
0: fellow academics might be paid more because they
1: traditionally we're still
0: we're traditionally in academia i think especially we're behind in Mm -hmm. in in that in that pay because of that secrecy of pay and Mm -hmm. and yeah, and the I message I, that, <laughs> I'll say it in French, <laughs> that are told to us.
1: But I, yeah, I um, I would like to point out too that it's a bit of a myth too that women didn't support themselves in the past. Of course. I find that uh, it's part of our mentality or our expectations. But there has always been women who have been supporting themselves and their families. And I've heard of women who, who were uh, actually the, the single mothers? The and they they had to. The, one was saying, "I begged my uh, my boss to raise my pay, and uh, he wouldn't consider the fact that I was the breadwinner, whereas he would for the men working in the same company." So it, there's there's a bit of a double talk, even.
0: It, we, we have selective memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we like to remember what we the, the the picture on the wall rather than the reality of of what was and I I as an academic I should rem I should know that
1: um, but the model the proposed model mm-hmm. was that women would stay at home mm-hmm. and we we all know all the women who actually lost a job because she they got married yes so it was expected that they would go back home and that that was it the only, the employer would say thank you very much. You can go back home and we'll hire somebody else.
0: And thank goodness that's no longer the case. (laughs) Joanne, we've run out of time, but thank you so much for coming and thank you for all the great work that your New Brunswick Coalition for Pay Equity is doing.
1: Thank you for the invitation. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you so much.